welcome back to episode number two of the Players League podcast. And John, we finally did it. Another pod. We are finally here. It's been a long time in the making. Gosh, it's been probably about six months in between episodes. And we are back in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, What the hell are we doing here? We got to be... Probably the first two independent baseball players to ever show up early for spring training. You know what, though? I, I don't even hate it. One, because when I get back home from winter ball, I love seeing my family. But, man, it's, it's time to get back on the road. Yeah. Baseball's back. Um, I'm excited. I'm happy to be able to get my body moving again. I spent most of the offseason sitting on a couch, uh, watching football or playing video games. So just being able to move my feet in what they call um, a running pattern (laughs) has been uh, pretty good. You and me have been up here for about a week and a half, been able to play catch, uh, work out, throw a little bit. And, uh, you know, it just, it feels good to, to be closer to spring training and baseball season again. Now that we're talking about uh, baseball, Let's let's kind of backtrack here. Our first episode was in June or July. Might have been even later than that. Maybe, Probably maybe. August. Um, yeah. Yeah. So a lot's transpired since then. Our, our season ended in playoffs. We lost to the Sugarland Skiers, who ended up winning it all. Uh, it was a real heartbreaker. But you know we're hungry. We want we want to bring a title back to Lancaster and. With independent baseball players, what a lot of us do, since we don't get paid a ton of money during the season, what a lot of us do is we go play in winter leagues uh, throughout pretty much the entire world. Um, Me, for myself, I played in Mexico. I was there for about two months, maybe a little bit less than that. Wonderful experience. Love my time there. Where where, where exactly in Mexico? I was in Los Mochis, which is a small city in the state of Sinaloa, cartel lands. You know... Mexico. Is that on the peninsula? Yeah, it's right by Baja, California, around the coast there. And, you know, I, I want to say Mexico gets a bad rap. You know, it's got kind of the stigma behind it that there's a lot of poverty, gang problems, stuff like that. But it's a beautiful country. The food, I mean, I take food in the equation for just about anywhere I go. And I love Mexican food, so I was crushing tacos every single dang night. Right. I mean, what's better than... Authentic Mexican tacos, yeah, right? Real Mexican food and this Taco Bell garbage. So yeah, so spent uh, spent two months there. I sucked, uh, but I love my time there. Uh, made a little money while yeah, you were there, right? Made a little bit of money. Yeah, that's not what it's always about. It's about furthering my career. But the only thing I did was get myself back into the Atlantic League. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I know you would have liked to have done better, yeah. but like I said, the experience you you learned from it and. You moved on to Perth, Australia yes, after that? I did. Right? Uh, you know, I was able to get in touch with some old teammates who played in Australia. They have the Australian Baseball League there. It's been going on for, um, I don't know, probably about 10 years now, something around yeah. right there. No, maybe longer, actually. Okay. So, um, you know, I've had teammates that have gone there in the past, and they just ran and rave about about how much of a good time it is. Uh, very relaxed. You know, it's... A, Lower level of baseball than what we're kind of accustomed to now, but very competitive. So I was able to play for the Perth Heat, and I was there for three months. Um, you, were in, you and our uh, boy Brooks Hall, right? Yeah. Teammate Brooks Hall was there with me, and I soaked it up. I loved every minute I was there. Uh, the cool thing about it was 
we only play three or four games a week, so you get the rest of the week to do basically whatever you want. I was able to, to do a lot of sightseeing. Got to pet some koalas. A lot of beach time. Yeah. Um, I'm sure the women weren't too bad either. Yeah. Uh, uh, but hey, oh, speaking <laughs> of women, <laughs> um, another big thing happened this offseason. You got married, correct? I did. I'm a, I'm a married man. I'm locked down. Sorry, ladies. Uh, probably all four of you that actually listened to this. But yeah, I am I am uh, devoted to my lovely wife, Jessica. You know, we've been together for six years now, and I was able to finally put a ring on it. So, wow. Yeah. What a lucky man. Yes, absolutely. So what about you, man? What's new? Let's see. Where do I start? I guess the last time I saw you is right before uh, or right after we edited the podcast. And then I went on to play in Mexico mm-hmm. for the summer league, actually, in uh, good old Oaxaca. Yeah. So that was a cool experience. You know, the talent was pretty amazing. A lot of guys right out of the big leagues um, looking to make it a good bit of money. I was deep in the heart of Mexico. Oh, yeah. And it was, like I said, a good experience, but I'd go back there if they doubled my salary. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe if I was a starter. Yeah. Because down there, it's different. You know, they only have like four or five imports. So I was, as a reliever, man, I was pitching four or five times a week. Yeah. And that's not just one inning. There was a couple multiples. This is when I realized that I needed to probably get out of there is when we were playing Tabasco. Okay, we're in a playoff hunt, double header. It's 100 degrees outside, humidity's 100%. I mean, it felt like South Georgia on a summer day. And uh, I throw game one, seventh inning, inning and a third. Game two, I'm thinking I'm done, right? I did my job, get it relaxed, Mm -hmm. drink some water, hang out. The coach tells me to go to the bullpen and get hot in the sixth inning. Oh boy. Uh, you want to talk about grindy. Um, luckily, it was, like I said, it was 100 degrees. I didn't really ever cool down. So the in the second game, I ended up throwing two complete innings. Wow. And I just remember thinking to myself, my arm's going to blow out in Mexico, and that's all she's going to write about my career. Wow. Luckily, it didn't. Yeah. Got to move on from there. And, again, great experience playing with some great guys, wonderful atmosphere. You know, I actually got my first uh, – Ejection. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you can check that on my Instagram yeah. at scotchhuman9. We're in a playoff playoff hunt, okay? And it's a play-in game, excuse me. And uh, I come in the eighth inning and do my job. They send me back out for the ninth. I walk the first batter, of course. Mm-hmm. And I go to, I do a, like a little flinch as in like before I come set, which I've never been called on a ball on that in 10 years professional <laughs> baseball experience. This guy calls a ball call. I step off the mound. Immediately kind of lost my composure. I think it was just heat of the moment. And he's like walking at me, almost like he was challenging me, telling me I did something wrong when I knew for a fact that wasn't wrong. And then without even thinking twice, he just ejected me and (laughs) all hell broke loose. Both our our benches cleared. It was a great experience. Yeah. And luckily we ended up winning, so I didn't cost our team the L. But things get a little crazy down there in Mexico. And as you probably experienced during winter ball as well. Getting ejected in a foreign country is not not that fun. I you mean, know, I, uh, <laughs> I, got, I got tossed when I was playing in Venezuela two years ago. And uh, Ozzy Guillen was my manager a long time, uh, White Sox and Marlins manager. And he's got a lot of passion inside him. 
And I was playing for the Tiburones de La Guaira. The Tiburones. And uh, we're, we share a stadium with Caracas, the, uh, the Leones de Caracas. And they are probably two of the most popular teams in the country. And the fans are passionate about the Leones. You know, that's one of the, the most popular teams in the country. So, you know, there's like 20,000 fans at our game. I come in in a tight situation, like in the seventh or eighth inning, and base is loaded, one out, and I'm in the face of lefty, and um, I'm facing Felix Perez. Felix Perez is probably one of the most prolific hitters in Venezuelan baseball history, and he's a lefty power hitter. I come in to face him, and probably just him only. So, fans are going crazy, you know, it's like a 3-2 game or something like that, and I go straight at him, fastballs. I throw a fastball, a little bit outside, umpire balls me, it's a close pitch. Second pitch, throw a little bit more on the plate, he balls me again. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? You know, is he squeezing me, am I missing? I don't really know. So, third pitch, I try to go inside, and I feel like it's a great pitch. And he balls me again. Mm. You know, middle, middle, a little bit in towards the belt, but it was 100% a strike. And pitching coach comes out there, starts jawing at the umpire a little bit. He gets tossed, okay? Classic. Yeah. So, 3 0. <laughs> Who was your pitching coach? Uh, it was uh, Felipe Lira. Um, he was. Bigger guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was my pitching yeah, coach this yeah, past yeah. winter. Yeah. So, um, you know. He gets tossed, and then it's just like 3-0. Oh, what do I do? I throw a cookie down the middle, and uh, I, I mean, I lost my cool at this point, so I throw the next pitch, and he balls me. You know, it wasn't really close, so. Four-pitch walk. Ozzy pulls me out of the game, and he, I'm the butcher's accent. My best Venezuelan accent <laughs> basically says, go get him, brother. And so I... <laughs> I basically go straight at this umpire. From the mound to the plate, I sprint right at him, and I start cursing swearing at him in probably the, the worst broken Spanish I could possibly say. And Wait, so you were mother-effing him in Spanish? Yeah, I was trying to. I mean, <laughs> I can hold a conversation in Spanish, but I am nowhere near fluent. I got tossed, and... Uh, as I'm walking off the field, you know, fans are screaming at me. They're throwing beer bottles, and uh, I feared for my life that night. Man, yeah, there's nothing crazier <laughs> than a Tiburones Caracas game. Oh yeah, it was crazy. So yeah, so you you ended up going to Australia as well, right? Yeah. So I went to Venezuela first. That's right. Oh, I got a funny story about that. I don't know if I told you this yet. So I was fortunate enough to playing Venezuela this winter before the chaos actually like really took over. Same team I was on? Yeah. We stayed in a nice hotel, yeah. man, and uh, the people were wonderful. We had security. Like, I, I never felt threatened for my life, but you can just see the, you know, I'm not going to get into the politics of Venezuela right now, but man, like, I don't know if you ever have, I hope you never do, but like to see somebody who's starving and look, look at them in the eyes is scary stuff. Yeah, it puts a lot in perspective. See a lot of people starving on the streets, um, a lot of trash everywhere. People are just, you know, clinging on to life there. And it's really tough to see. And it makes me very grateful for everything we have here in the States. Um, yeah, you know, and you know what the f crazy thing is, is somehow they have enough money to go to the baseball games. Yeah. I mean, there's 10, 15,000 people yeah. a night. 
So I actually got sick for about a week. I think it was, they ended up saying I had like a bacteria infection, which, you know, that can happen anywhere. And so I didn't leave my hotel room for about four or five days. Yeah, just dumping. Just, <laughs> yeah, stomach problems. A lot of bad bowl there. Right. Uh, coughing up a storm. Yeah. Fever. So finally, the they sent me to the doctor. I'm like, wait, I'm about to go to a doctor. I'm about to go to a hospital in Venezuela. Like, is this even safe? Mm-hmm. Like, do they even have doctors left? I'm seeing videos on Instagram of doctors getting dragged out of the hospitals. And... It ended up being okay. I got my some blood work drawn. He's like, "Oh yeah, you have a you know bacteria infection. We have medicine downstairs in the pharmacy. I'll sh- take you to it." I said, okay, cool. So we walked downstairs. You know, I'm like, "All right, cool. This is I'm gonna get my antibiotics, a Z pack, whatever you want to call it. Um, be good in no time." Go downstairs to the pharmacy, and there are zero. I mean, zero medicine or medication on the shelves mm. the only thing i saw was a tums mm. i'm like oh i'm sure it's just in the back then right they probably hold the the really expensive medicine like in a safe or something he walks to the back talks to the lady in spanish obviously i don't know what they're saying he look, comes back to me says hey siento papi and yeah, no, no medication a key <laughs> <laughs> and i'm thinking to myself okay this i, I need to get out of here this is not okay Luckily, they end up going to get medicine, I think, like two hours away from the city. But um, that only made me feel better for like two days. Yeah. And, lo- and then I got sent home because I wasn't pitching. And then I actually saw a real doctor and was well after, you know, three, four days. But yeah, so funny story. The whole medicine thing, them not having any is real. Yeah. We, uh, we pray for the citizens of Venezuela. Yes. You know, it's tough times over there. I know they have a new president or soon to be. We hope um, you know everybody's able to stay safe there. And, you know, we, uh, we keep them in our thoughts. Yeah, man. Stay strong. I, uh, I ask, honestly, guys, like, just pray for that country as much as possible. I can't imagine going through that. <laughs> yeah, so after I uh, survived Venezuela, went over to Melbourne, Australia, down to the Dandanda. Yeah. And... Yeah, man, did the whole winter ball thing there again. Got to see you. That was cool, right? Yeah, yeah we uh, we we battled in a game. I think we, we did forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Perth at Melbourne, and we uh, we both went six innings. I think six six and some change. Yeah, um, six shutty, know, both uh, of us. Yeah, and I think I gave up one run on a. On a pass ball or a wild pitch, and that ended up being the ball game. We ended up losing you guys, but man, just great times all around Australia. Any young ball players or minor leaguers, any ball guys that ever have the chance to go play there, you know, the pay isn't great, but the experience is just—it's amazing. You you have so much fun there, especially if you're single. (laughs) I can't comment on that because uh, I'm a married man, but. There's just so much to do there. You know, everybody is so worried about snakes and spiders there. I didn't see any. So definitely take advantage of that chance if you get it. Yeah, absolutely. So we're both done with Winter Ball. We're back in Lancaster, man. And, um, yeah, let's move on uh, with some topics. So baseball started up. Yeah, so, um, you know, today is uh, the 4th of April, and we've been through about a week of week and a half of Major League Baseball action. You know, I watch baseball probably three times a year on TV. Mm-hmm. Um, you got opening day, you got the All-Star game, and you got playoffs. I've 
been involved in baseball almost my entire life. I've watched so many games. Not to speak of the 140-something games I played during a season. Right. So it's tough for me to, to be able to tune into a baseball game. But here's the thing. I want to preface this by saying, if you have a young child, make him play baseball. Are you seeing all these mega contracts and extensions? You know, Harper's getting 330 million. Unreal, and then Trout. Trout, 400 something million. Oh, and then, um, what's his name from the Braves? Uh, Dominican, Acuna. Yeah, Acuna. I mean, Locked he's down. what, 22 years old? And he wow. has enough money to last him for the next 12 generations. I mean, he could probably buy the country of Dominican Republic, yeah. <laughs> if we're being honest right here. Jeez. <laughs> Baseball is the sport to be in. And especially if you're a left-handed pitcher, there will always be a place for you to play. Yeah. I am evidence of that myself. Do you have a team you cheer for? I grew up watching the Giants and the Oakland A's. Being from the Bay Area, I had the luxury of being able to kind of choose from both teams. Right. Um, Giants started off hot. Yeah. They've kind of always had the same problem that they've had the last, you know, 10 years or so. They can't hit. AT&T Park is a graveyard. You know, the balls don't go out there unless your name's Barry Bonds. <laughs> and, <laughs> or you uh, have extra help. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, A's, Giants. Uh, A's, A's are a pretty fun team to watch. They got a lot of young talent. But, yeah, other than that, I've, I've been able to catch a couple of Phillies games. Harper's been killing it. He said like 500. He's got yeah, four, he freaking destroyed like my Braves to start <laughs> off the year. Swept them. Yeah. Wow. But the Bra- I think the Braves got back on track uh, the past couple days. Yeah. So, that's, that's a hard place to go yeah, into. Yeah. Well. Especially with so much energy coming into the season, you know? Yeah. Go back on... Um, you know, all these mega contracts and players getting paid out big time. You got to make sure that you're actually good because this is my, I'm going into my 12th year playing professionally. I got drafted in 2008. And as of now, I have $130 in my checking account. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Living, I am. living on a prayer. <laughs> yeah. So not $130 million, you know, that first paycheck this season is going to be huge for me. Huge. Yeah. Do you think they would do ever um, mega contracts for the Atlantic League? The Atlantic League. What would, what, what would you think the number would be? I don't know. It would probably have to be a partnership with, um, I don't know, maybe... Uh, Three years, $4,000? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd have to get sponsored by something like Turkey Hill uh, Dairy Farms or, uh, I don't know, good old Wawa. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a sheets guy. I'm a sheets guy, man. It's up for debate. I mean, it's not about money. It's about love for the game. I just love doing this, man. That's why I'm up here early, so that I can prepare myself for this season. And so I get to hang out with my boy, Scotty Shoe. That's right, man. We're, uh, God, I really did miss you, though. Yeah. I mean... We got I mean, not only do we have a podcast together, we've been we've been teammates for yeah. what three straight years. Yeah, now? yeah, yeah. We got we got a real friendship here. Yeah. Well, so yeah. No, let's let's actually bring up the Atlantic League. Yeah. Dude, big changes coming yeah. for us this so, year. Yeah. So for those that are uninformed, Major League Baseball starting a partnership with the Atlantic League. So what they're they're doing is they're instituting some new new rule changes. They're kind of using the Atlantic League as a testing ground for any potential changes they want to make to Major League Baseball, whether that is changing anything rule-wise, changing dimensions of the field. Um, We'll kind of touch on each one, give our opinion on each. You know, hopefully some of this stuff is good for us, and maybe some of it isn't, but 
we'll find out and you know probably in a following podcast we'll we'll kind of break down our experiences of each thing yeah well all right let's just talk about these new rules coming up the first one is there a robo umpire yeah automated so strike go- zone automatic strike zone so how are they going to do that if, so, you know um yeah so they have what they call track mans or like these super high tech radars right that does a spin rate and all that yeah. stuff so yeah it measures gotcha. measures velocity spin rate exit velocity launch angle all that new age stuff that baseball savants love now they're gonna integrate that into calling balls and strikes so uh, I, I mean i don't know if it's how is the umpire what are they is there gonna be an earpiece or something yeah i think I, so that's what i've heard i don't i don't know if it's just gonna be an arbitrary zone for everybody if you like Everybody gets their zone created for them. You know, hitters like if you're five six, you have the same zone as a guy that's six foot ten. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that quite yet. But it's going to be really interesting. I think it's going to be beneficial to us because, like, look at the umpires in this league. They're like guys like us. You know, yeah. like guys that can't get out of uh, minor league baseball. So they actually, suck just I, as much as actually. Players. I heard that if. You get cut from minor league umpiring, yeah. Then you can no longer go back. Is that true? Wow. I that that's just what I heard. And that's so, what I heard about players. <laughs> yeah. Like. Uh, yeah. And I, so your only gig is to any ball, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's it's no slant to the to the umpires in the league here. There's some that are pretty good. They're consistent. But if you can't make it in the minor leagues, then, you know, you're obviously, you have some inconsistencies with with your strike zone, your reaction time, stuff like that. So, yeah, they suck just as much as we do, but I have no room to talk. Yeah, I mean, they're just as inconsistent, and I'm sure a lot of people would, or a lot of guys would love to get another shot, but one shot as an umpire? I mean, come on. I I mean, I've had, like, ten. Yeah, well, I mean, it's going to, like, it's going to take away the whole dynamic of being able to argue balls and strikes like i can't get pissed at an umpire now right if he call calls a ball on me when i think the strike it's like i'm gonna go yell at a robot <laughs> so, so wait they're still gonna be able to, to they'll do safe and out calls yeah what else do they do uh behind i'm sorry I'm, I'm talking specifically the guy behind home plate i think that's all they're gonna do they just stand back there and try not to get hit call balls and strikes and then if, yeah, if there's I a play at the plate so, so i think they're gonna have earpiece in the ear it'll be signaled from the press box mm-hmm. or from the track man whatever guy is up there controlling it yeah uh so it'll be relayed to the umpire it'll be like beep in his ear and he either calls it a ball or he calls it a strike, and that's it. Here's another uh, rule change. No mound visits. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. Um, that sucks <laughs> because I don't care how good you are. Yeah. You're not going to have your best days. And sometimes that little, that quick 30-second mound visit by the pitching coach or the hedge coach to kind of just give you a breather mm-hmm. and say, hey, look, you're doing this, or I'm just going to let you catch your breath. Yeah. Let's slow it down a little bit. That's that's a game changer over yeah. the course of a season. Yeah, it sucks for guys like me too who are fat and out of shape because I need those breathers. <laughs> you know, like after 10, 15 pitches, I'm panting. I'm out of breath. I think it, it, it really affects guys that, you know, need that mental, that relaxation, you know, where they're not just locked in mm-hmm. for 20 pitches at a time. When they're able to have the coach come out, talk to them, slow them down, you know, take your time 
go attack this guy one pitch at a time. Stop thinking so much. I think that it's going to affect a lot of different types of pitchers. Yeah, but, especially young guys, yeah. too. Well, I mean, and I think what can be taken out of this, though, is it'll help you become a better pitcher, you know, in a way, because you've got to be able to do this on your own now. Right. You know? I, I, I'm not opposed to the idea. I think, you know, there needs to be some changes. In right. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know if I'm opposed to that or what. I, yeah. I think it's beneficial, and I, I understand it, it slows the game down as yeah. well. But, you know, also giving up five runs in an inning yeah. because you don't know what's going wrong. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, slight mechanical problems that yeah. you're not being able to recognize, you know, and, and before you know it, there's a 10 spot on your head. And, and the coach can't come out there unless he's taking you out of the <laughs> <Yeah>. game. <laughs> the coach, come take the ball from me, please. Guy's going to be begging to come out now. Wow. Okay, and so the other one is base size increase by three inches. Yeah. I'm, I have no opinion on this. I guess we'll wait and see on it. I think it also helps fat and out of shape guys like me because I am really slow covering first base. Mm-hmm. You know, I think those extra three inches might help. Ooh, me I didn't the, think about pitchers, first baseman, first baseman and, and, and pitcher, pitcher. Yeah. PFPs. So, yeah, yeah. I think that could tremendously help me because, you know, spring training, we're working on those, the three to ones, the four to ones. Covering the the back end of double play, I hate doing those because I my feet just don't move fast. You know, like I have no fast switch muscles inside of me. Well, it's also a, a safety yeah increase too, right? Yes. Well, here's the thing: is like I'm so slow to first base that by the time I get the ball from the first baseman after I'm busting my ass over there. I usually end up just tagging the runner. Like this has happened like multiple times. I don't even get to the base. I end up tag like meeting the runner there at the same time. Yeah. And ended up tagging him like on his on his butt. So I think giving me an extra three inches might be pretty big for me. <laughs> but it could also be big for the runner. Okay, what about this? This is the no shift rule. Yeah. You have to have an infielder two infielders on both sides of second base. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it, it could help a lot of a lot of different types of, of pitchers and a lot of different types of hitters too mm-hmm. because you, you take a big left-handed power hitter and more times than not you're playing him on you're, you're shifting him right you know you're shifting your infielders to the right side shifting your outfielders but you're i guess you're taking away the, the cheap little bunt hit i mean i don't understand why they're implementing well that. i've also heard game. that they need to make sure definition of that rule yeah. specific because yeah. You could bring, you know, a left fielder in to play third. That's very true. And move your third baseman behind second as yeah. an extra shift. So I've heard different uh, sides of it. I'm 50-50 on the whole shift rule. I don't really think it helps. Yeah. I've seen too many bloop singles the other way where there's nobody there or a ground ball in the hole yeah. where normally your shortstop would be if you're facing a lefty. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm kind of indifferent on it. You know, like we play a shift on a hitter. And he hits you right into it. I'm all for it. But when we don't play a shift on a certain type of hitter and it gets through the hole, and I'm pissed. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of stats out there. But if you're going to shift, you have to – I think the way the pitcher pitches against the hitter should be acknowledged too. Like if I'm going to shift, a, you know, let's say a, a big heavy pool lefty. Yeah. And I'm throwing him all away because he has a long swing likes to roll over. 
Yeah, sure. It depends on who you're facing, what kind of pitchers on the mound, too, as far as shift. I don't like the shift just because the guy's up to bat. Like, the pitcher he's maybe facing is going to dictate what type of a bat yeah. he's going to have. And if you're a good hitter, you should be able to hit out of the shift, you know? They're, they're shifting you for a reason. Exactly. That's, uh, that's where you hit the ball. Okay, game speed clock in between innings, 20 seconds reduced. You know, I, I think 20 seconds isn't really that dramatic. I think it's going to impact more like the on-field crew, mm -hmm. the promotion team. And I think fans might be a little upset about that when they have to get hurried off the field. I have no opinion on it. It, it really doesn't matter to me. Um, I'm usually, you know, in between innings, I'm the first one out. I try to, to limit myself in between innings, stuff like that. Um, Here's where I have a problem with it is the catcher gets the third out. You're the pitcher. Yeah. He has to come all the way in the dugout, put his stuff on, and let's say he's not the fastest guy, okay? Usually. So 20, that 20 seconds is now two to three warm-up pitches? Yeah. Possibly. So now my warm-up pitches for the inning just got cut short. Yeah. Because the guy got the third out. And yeah. I'm sure they'll be lenient. I would assume so. But I also see why they're doing it because – Yes, games sometimes do take too long, and I think if you're going to chip away, then the in-between stuff and the promotional side probably go too long sometimes. Yeah, I think they'll be lenient about it. I mean, they've instituted a pitch clock or a play clock in-between innings for the last couple of years. I think they did it the first year of minor league baseball in 2014 or 2015. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they didn't enforce it that much. And I can't see them enforcing it that much now. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to add a ball onto our count to the first batter? Okay. Yeah. I mean, even then with that stuff, I mean, in the four years I've seen the pitch clock, I've only seen one pitch be enforced. Uh, was it the 22nd rule, something like that? Yeah. Uh, 12 seconds in the Atlantic League now. But I, I don't know. I mean, it, I, like I said, I'm really indifferent on it. Mm-hmm. And here's <laughs> the last... But the biggest change that is coming is the mound distance being moved back from 60 foot 6 inches to 62 feet 6 inches. Yeah, there's been a lot of commentary on it from mm -hmm. a lot of different people. I'm going to keep my thoughts to myself. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to wait and see what, you know, what happens. I haven't fully embraced the idea of it yet, but... You know, if this is something that Major League Baseball wants to do, then we got to do it, you know? I mean, if this is something they feel like they're going to implement later on down the road in, in the big leagues in a couple of years, then, you know, why, why not have a head start on it now? Yeah, but I think the biggest problem is they're not doing it until the second half of yeah, the season. Yeah, I mean, so, I understand I mean, uh, first of all, supposedly. The reason they want to do it in the second half is because they want, they want undeniable data between the difference between first half second half so first half 60 feet six inches second half 62 feet six inches you know what i'm saying right so they want to be able to understand what the difference is what that's why they have the track man so that's why they'll have them so they'll be able to to see you know velocity spin rate stuff like that coming from pitchers seeing if it affects the hitters the right way because i'm really interested in that as well i want to see the differences and yeah 
I mean, if you were going to do that on on paper, that looks that's how you would do it, right? That makes sense. Yeah. I think a lot of guys are just kind of worried about the quick turnaround. Yeah. You know, my breaking ball guys who have those split fingers are now adding two feet to that, yeah. and you know, you can't. There's no science behind whether that's going to affect you or not. Um, so I think there's a lot of people who are kind of uneasy with that. I've already basically said what I thought uh, in an article called uh, Hardball Times. So if you want to look up my thoughts, just go read that article. But uh, I'm not going to get into it too much. I've kind of, the more I think about it, my host mom gave me this cool book the other day. Uh-huh. Okay, because I talked to her and I kind of vented like, why are they doing this? This is unfair. Big book reader, huh? Yeah, I, I like to get get a nice long black. Uh, educate yourself. Yeah, and then sit down and do some uh, good reading sometime. But my host mom gave me this book. It's called Who Moved My Cheese? And New York Times bestseller, and I read it, and I was just... Basically, the thesis of the book is if you're not going with change, it's I guess it's better to go with change than to sit there and just wait around and be like, who took my cheese? I don't want to ruin the whole book. But, you know, she was talking to me about, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Who knows if you get injured and if you were to do it, how many people can say they've actually pitched with that change? Yeah. You know, in the whole world and actually be able to like give some insight on it. This may not be the worst thing ever. Mm-hmm. And if I, I don't know what's going to happen, who knows? I, that's the second half's a long time away. Yeah. But I don't think I'm as opposed to it as I was earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's good to look at these changes with an open mind. I think a lot of them are supposed to be beneficial to us as players. And I understand why they want to do them. They want more offense in baseball. And offense is exciting. Watching guys blast home runs is a lot more exciting than a hitter ground in or double play for the most part. At least in my opinion. It makes sense to me. I, I get it. I want to pose a question to our listeners. If you had to make a change to baseball, what would it be in order to make it more exciting, faster pace? Uh, if there's one thing you can do, what would it be? And you can hit at us on our Twitter at TPL Pod. Just send us a tweet, and uh, maybe we'll feature you on the next episode. You know, dealing with the changes or I guess changing life is always different for anybody yeah. or difficult. Yeah. And I'm excited to see it. I, I think there's a new age of baseball coming. You know, obviously we probably won't be around long enough to see it, but I'm excited to see what happens. But, you know, as the game changes and players get bigger, stronger, faster, like Johnny said, we want to hear if you could change anything, what would you change that would could help speed the game up and add more excitement to it? Mm-hmm. It's good to be back on the pod, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be an exciting year. Follow us throughout our season. You know, we got a lot of new adventures coming, a lot more excitement, brand new team. So everybody will be getting here in about two weeks, and we'll be starting our spring training. Our first game is April 26th, I believe. Wow. Um, so I expect us to have many fans, many viewers on the old YouTube. So we have some more episodes coming up, plans. We have some special guests, teammates, maybe some celebrity guests. Who knows? That's why you got to tune in and listen. But I do believe we promised the listeners Matt Marksberry. Mark Matt. I think we're going to try to get him on for sure when he gets in town. So possibly next week. We'll uh, have him on and chime in and go throughout his story and 
where he's been and yeah. yeah so that is that's a wrap bro yeah let's get out here and go get some dinner man Heck yeah man all right all right guys thanks for listening have a blessed day <laughs>